0: Welcome once again to devotional. This is lesson number nine for November 24th through the 30th. And this is lesson number one for Sabbath, November 24th. We are almost getting near to this uh, quarterly. I'm just looking at the numbers. Uh, We only have four lessons left and I'm excited. Um, Number one, because the stuff's getting closer and closer is climaxing to the most uh, pertinent Uh, element of oneness in christ but we'll be transitioning starting in january to the book of revelation Uh, for the next three months january february march our entire church worldwide is going to be studying chapter by chapter the book of revelation i am so excited i can't wait and i hope that you will take advantage of the links on the podcast to either download the app on your phone or order uh, the hard copy or if you live close to an Adventist Book Center or you want to order it via Amazon for your Kindle or your device, whatever device you use, you can do that as well. That way you have a hard copy with you uh, to study, to scribble and take notes on. I um, also want to encourage you to please look at those videos, the mission videos. Uh, I'm looking forward for the new batch that they will be putting out for the month, for the next quarter so if you haven't watched those, please take some time. They're only two to three minutes long and very inspirational, truly us, giving us that extra shot of adrenaline to continue being faithful in our neck of the woods with the mission of God. So lesson number nine is entitled, The Most Convincing Proof. And Sabbath just nails it. It just it doesn't beat around the bush. The most convincing proof to the secular world as to the reality of Christ is our oneness. Not our ability to preach, not how how good our PowerPoints look, not how many channels we have on satellite or whatever. None of those things will bring credibility to our message. The proof of the tasting is in the pudding and the taste has to be of unity. And uh, I'm going to read that last sentence of the last Sabbath afternoon. It says, unity with Christ establishes a bond of unity with one another. This unity, this unity is the most convincing proof to the world of the majesty and virtue of Christ and of his power to take away sin. This is uh, L.S.G. White comments to the SDA Bible Commentary, volume five, page 1148. To the world, the most convincing proof is our unity and we're not, we're not worldwide speaking. Um, my heart aches as I see how we've been reacting and responding. Um, you may not be aware of all of this, but our church um, is is really struggling to stay together, especially here in North America. So, the idea for me, as we close Sabbath, is not okay. We gotta try harder to be closer to each other. We gotta try harder. We gotta do more programs. We gotta do this, do that. Um, I don't think it's about trying harder, but simply focusing on the simplicity of the model that has been left for us. And I'm going to read to you just two verses. Acts chapter 1 verse 14 said, speaking of the disciples, These all, with one mind, were continually devoting themselves to prayer. All of these people were continually devoting themselves to prayer, not in isolation, but together. So, if we want to experience unity, convincing unity, uh, how much prayer do we do together? Because these individuals made it a priority to pray with one another. And we live far apart, you know, because of the vehicle, the invention of the vehicle. Now we can travel great dist- distances, uh, whereas back then most people stay closed in clusters. That is true. But people back then, they have cell phones either. <laughs> and it, chances are you were listening to this on a cell phone right which means that cell phones need to be reminded we need to remind ourselves what the original intent for a cell phone was and it's not to check your email not to send texts or Instagrams or all those things they were actually to make phone calls and we can connect and you can connect and you can make efforts and you can be intentional because as far as the book of Acts is concerned, what glued the church together were not programs, were not a building, were not institution. What glued the church together was praying with one another. So if you see yourself, you can gaze yourself, be honest with yourself. How often do you pray with other church members? How often um, do you find yourself engaged in Prayer with, not just for, but with other members of your congregation, whether you go to Oakwood Monroe, or any other congregation that you may be listening uh, for, to this podcast. I want to invite you, if you find that you're not where you feel you ought to be, what can you do today, Sabbath afternoon? Can you call someone? Or do you have close, uh, do you live close to someone that you could pray with together? Can you make arrangements so that you do this on a regular basis because this prayer did not just happen you know just by coincidence verse 14 says that these all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer and you may not find that large crowd but can you find one person um yes you can certainly start with your spouse <laughs> you live with them <laughs> um, you can start with your children if they're of age so that it's not just one-sided you want someone that will also pray for you and so who can you pray with on a regular basis is it a family member is that a church member start thinking because if we're going to be doing evangelistic series if we are going to be doing all these out you know voice of prophecy and all these things great but what the world will look at in the end is how you and i treat each other How much unity exists at the Monroe Church? How much unity exists at the Oakwood Church? That ultimately will be the most convincing evidence.